You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. We gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Morning After Recap Hit and Hustle uh, show brought to you by uh, irisportsdaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamon. Uh, how is everybody doing? Notre Dame beats Central Michigan 41-17 to in a game that uh, that was unsatisfying, I think, for a lot of people to begin. And then uh, as Notre Dame picked it up in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, everyone kind of uh, – their nerves were were quelled a little bit. Uh, wasn't so nervy uh, to end the game, uh, but we're going to talk about that. And obviously, the the big game next week. This is this is what uh, everyone's been looking to, uh, waiting for. Game against Ohio State. Uh, that they're going to come in undefeated. Notre Dame's coming in undefeated. It's going to be a top ten matchup, and that's what everyone wanted, right? That's what Notre Dame fans wanted. That's probably what Ohio State fans wanted. It's uh, you know. This is why we're so excited about college football in general. Matchups like this, it's going to be very exciting. So we're we're going to preview all of those things and whatever the chat wants to uh, wants to bring up today. We're we're going to talk about those things. CFB Hertz is here. Uh, he woke up just in time. Uh, Robert Halicki says, "Welcome to Seg Seg City." Uh, yes, everyone loves my uh, my segways. Uh, Adam Ziliak says good morning and uh, good morning to you, Adam, and everyone else who is tuning in. So if you are tuning in for the first time on this show uh, and you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show. Please hit the like button. Please hit the notification bell so you know when it is we are going live. And if you want to catch if it's too early for you. Right. And you don't want to catch the YouTube uh, version of this uh, links to the podcast are in the description below. And as always, before we get going, I just want to talk to you about one of our sponsors, ESQ Clothing. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe, ESQ has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt. Crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric, it's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, also feels cooler, has stretch, is order and wrinkle-resistant, and even machine-washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo shirt, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off all online items. That's ISD15 uh, for 15% off all online items. All right, everybody, let's get into it. Um, Michael Park says, rise and shine like the Golden Dome. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for spending your morning with me. Um Okay, let's get into it. I think uh, I think you know I, I think we should consider what it is that we aren't we aren't happy with, right? Um, a lot of it, you know, it was defensively, and what people were we described it as sloppy yesterday on on our, our instant reaction show, me and Jamie, um, and we saw a good amount of that, right? Some missed tackles, especially early. They finished the game with ten per PFF, which. Um, they actually missed more tackles against Tennessee State. Um, obviously, it didn't uh, it, it didn't come across that way. And I think a lot of it was, you know, I think the defense came under the spotlight a little bit just because the offense wasn't wasn't scoring on every possession. Um, you know, it was twenty one seven late into the late into the second quarter. The offense had a couple of empty possessions there, which is fairly rare for Notre Dame. Um, at home and against a, a caliber of defense that we saw yesterday, Central Michigan's not the greatest defense in the world, and Notre Dame wasn't uh, 
wasn't putting up points. And so what easily could have been a, a 28 to seven game, a 35 to seven game. Um, it was sitting there at 21, seven and central Michigan has that, that long drive to, uh, you know, to make it 21, 14 at halftime. And I think, you know, then you start to get that feeling of, are they, are they, are, I don't even know if they're going to blow it. It's just kind of annoying. And you're into that point where you start to say, well, what if, well, what if, what if Notre Dame doesn't score to start the second half? What if they fumble? Right. And we can all recount situations where um, they have, they've blown games against against Mac teams, right? Suddenly you're, 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 you're not converting on your opportunities. And, and then they have the ball and they continue to gain first downs on like third and eights and little crossing routes or little quarterback runs or penalties or whatever the case may be on that front. And you, now you're, you're starting to get nervous and you're starting to say, well, I mean, we've seen this before. Um, and I think one thing we're learning is, you know, with, with Sam Hartman, it can be, it, it's a little bit less nervy, right? Uh, he, you know, Notre Dame goes down and scores. Uh, Notre Dame gets a three and out, goes down and scores um, on the long touchdown pass to, <clears throat> excuse me, to Tobias Merriweather. And in which I just, I put a breakdown of that play up on Twitter just before I started uh, recording because it's literally the same route combination uh, that Notre Dame missed Jaden Thomas on last week that I noted. It's like Notre Dame's got to hit this play. And, uh, you know, they added a wrinkle with they added Jeremiah Love out of the backfield. They added Holden Stays on a route, which they didn't do last week. But the outside receiver runs a cro- uh, deep curl. Uh, slot receiver runs a little uh, a little crossing route or a, a deep drag. And Tobias Mary runs a go. They hit it. And they, and they score a touchdown. And it's 7 nothing. You feel like the route is on. And, um, and then Central Michigan goes down and scores. And it's like, oh, boy, like. That that was unexpected. Notre Dame goes down and scores um, right again. So I think the the Sam Hartman experience is a little bit different than what we've seen, uh, which certainly feels nice. Certainly uh, feels nice. Uh, Adam Ziliak says uh, the game was ugly, but in the past when they played ugly games, the final score would not be forty-one to seventeen, with much closer a loss. Right, and we've seen that. Right, that that's borne out. Right, obviously they lost to Marshall. Um, the Toledo game was obviously very close. Um, we've seen them play close to ball state and teams of that nature. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different, a little bit different experience this time around. And, and that feels good. Uh, Bob Duato says, uh, forgot to make cold brew last night. So I hustled in the rain to the coffee shop and I'm hitting a cinnamon roll. Thanks for being here, Bob. Really appreciate that. Hustling the rain, uh, you know, hitting and hustling in the rain and everything. So thanks for being on the show. Um, let's see, Mike in Oklahoma, uh, Greg, we've got to get some help in the middle of the line on defense. Um, yeah, and I think they need to um, – the top loss numbers, I, I was I was noting that on Twitter before we started this morning. Um, they're 118th in tackles for loss per game, right? Uh, they're 75th in total tackles for loss, but they've played an extra game than a lot of people. So you look at the per game numbers, you're sitting there at 118th. There's 132 teams uh, in FBS football. Uh, that's not gonna. That's not good. Like they, they need to bump those up. That's like, uh, it's like uh, Matthew McConaughey said, 
in Wolf of Wall Street. Hey, we, those, those are rookie numbers. We got we got to bump those numbers up, right? Notre Dame has to bump those up. Uh, Riley Mills has one tackle for loss this year. He's played 144 snaps. Uh, Howard Cross has one tackle for loss. He's played 156 snaps. It's a little misleading for Howard Cross because he has been disruptive. He has been shooting into the backfield. He has been uh, gaining penetration. So Howard Cross, that's a little bit that's a little bit harsh on him. But I don't think we've really seen it from Riley Mills. Um, Jordan Batelho has one tackle for loss this year. Like that has to get better. You have to create havoc on defense, and you have to. You know, we we talked about explosives on offense. How you need those to be um, to be to beat the teams that you want to beat, right? To beat Ohio State, they're going to have to have explosives next week. It just has to happen. Um, and to beat Ohio State, they're going to have to get them behind the chains. They're going to have to create havoc. They're going to have to create tackles for loss and lost yardage and negative plays for the offense. And that's something that needs to that really needs to improve. Um, so that's a good observation by Mike in Oklahoma. Um, Jason Tremblay says something uh, similar. Um, uh, D-line better step up as OSU is going to establish a run game, and if successful, if successful, make us stack the box. And well, that puts a lot of pressure on our cornerbacks in one-on-one. And Jason's kind of, he's kind of taking the next step. Like if if we have to drop safeties and we have to put more people, then that leaves us uh, leaves Notre Dame vulnerable to obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka and Carnell Tate and Julian Fleming and all and on and on all the guys that they can throw out there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good point by Jason. Like it's, it's important that Notre Dame wins up front. Um, and, and I noted on the show yesterday with Jamie, I, I didn't like when, um, when central Michigan spread out Notre Dame and they were able to run with light boxes, um, in that situation where Notre Dame was forced to match on the outside and not there, you know, you have even numbers in, you have even numbers as far as in the box, but Central Michigan was successful in that area. And that's something that Ohio State can do. That's 100% something that USC can do. So that's that's pretty concerning for me, right, in terms of what are you going to do against the better teams. Um, so that's that's something to uh, that's something to consider. So these are good points made by people in the chat already. Uh, Brian Haney says, what's up, Greg? The the crazy thing is that by looking at stats yesterday in the other games, we are crushing it on offense. Tell me why I keep feeling once we see OSU, we will get shut down. Um, it's not about it's not about getting shut down. Uh, Michael Oklahoma said, you know, kind of responded like OSU is not shutting us down. Um, it, I, I think that's true. But. You know, I it, it does. Michael Bryan. uh friend of mine someone a very good person to follow on twitter uh he does really good stats for 18 stripes is um it, it feels like this could be a georgia 2017 georgia 2019 type situation maybe even michigan 2018 where it's just there's just not the the ease in moving the ball because look i think a lot of people see Ohio State as vulnerable because of new quarterback, um, and they didn't look great against Indiana on offensive side of the ball and put up 23 points. And so I think people see them as being a vulnerable opponent or a vulnerable version of themselves. But in their first three games, like tell me where you see the weakness on defense. Like tell me where there's evidence that they can be gotten on defense, right? That's going to be a very good defense, very good defense, if not elite defense. 
certainly better than NC State, right? And Notre Dame obviously ended up putting up a 45 points on NC State. Um, but, you know, OSU is a different animal. How are they going to respond to, you know, their corners and their safeties and their size and their physicality? They just don't have a lot of weaknesses out there, right? You just don't see it. Um, so they can they sustain the efficiency that they've shown? Um, if they can, then obviously I love Notre Dame to win the game. Uh, look, they don't. Ohio State doesn't look vulnerable on that side of the ball. So that's something uh, that needs to be, uh, I don't even want to say addressed. It's just like, that's a huge part of the game. It's a huge part of the game. If, if Notre Dame is able to, you know, move the ball consistently on the ground. I mean, look when, when the Clemson game last year, when, when the first couple drives, you knew, Hey, Notre Dame's got something. Notre Dame has something in this running game. If Notre Dame comes out early and starts running the ball, like that bodes very well. Um, that bodes very, very well for, you know, what Notre Dame can do offensively in the game. Because if Notre Dame can run the ball, it's that that sets up everything else. Sets up everything else. Uh, Travis, eighty-eight cards. Uh, the penalties need to be addressed. Yes, we've won the last two games, but you can't be trending poorly in that direction with teams we have coming up. Absolutely. Uh, some of the penalties we don't like, but in terms of the calls, but others are just. They need to. They need to go away. The holding stays. Holding penalty made me so upset. Like didn't need to happen. Get your hands out of there. You don't need to be tugging the jersey. The Riley Mills late hit got to go away. Just you can't have that. Your senior on this defense. You can't take three steps and throw the quarterback to the ground or shove him to the ground. You can't do it. You just can't. And so that that needs to get cleaned up. Um, I didn't think the penalty on Mickey was a good call. It just wasn't. Um, it's it's a phantom, basically. And I just think it's it's unfortunate that Notre Dame's getting called for phantom penalties while Rico Flores is getting pulled and everyone sees it and everyone knows. And and the, uh, the, look, the, the booth is laughing at these guys. They're laughing at them. It's not me, right? Like, it, it, you know, people's all fans, you know, you're complaining. I'm not complaining. They're, the, the booth is laughing at them and how bad they were. So, you know, that that's that's bad by them. But generally speaking, the penalties, it's it's it needs to get cleaned up, as Travis says. So that's a good point by him. Uh, Andrew uh, Werty, Werty, Andrew Werty, uh, J.D. Bertrand is Joe Smith. Please prove me wrong. I'm having B BVG flashbacks. Um, JD Bertrand didn't play in the game, so I don't I don't know if this is a commentary on him or what this is. Uh, please clarify. I'll 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 answer the question. Um, if you if you could clarify for me. Um, let's see. Rajon says it's the same for Notre Dame offense. Notre Dame has to be able to run some and hit the underneath stuff to open up uh, OSU for longer passes efficiency, right? Like go back to go back and watch Ian book in the, in the Clemson 2020 game and the type of throws that he hit, he hit some, some deep crossers. He hit some like tight uh, underneath throws. I mean, he was on it in that game that he played a great football game, several, several big time throws for, um, for him. And that one, he hit the couple deep balls to, um, to Javon McKinley as well. So like, and obviously he hits the big one to Avery Davis. So like 
multiple look. Notre Dame's passing game, receivers, tight ends, everyone, they need to be ready to win in contested areas. It, that's just the nature of it, right? You play big time teams. It's not you're not going to be running wide open, generally speaking, right? Maybe the, maybe they have a bust every now and then, but you're not going to be doing that. You're not going to be running wide open. You're not going to be uh, uncovered. They're, these teams are too good. They're they're too good for that stuff. You got to win contested. You just have to. Um, and it's not I say I'm thinking Notre Dame can't, but that's what has to happen. That's what games like this are, right? So. Um, let's see. Vamos Irish talked a lot about how good the coaches coached the game last week. What's the assessment on the staff from this game? I didn't think there were like, I, I didn't think there were coaching errors. I didn't think there was a preparation problem. I didn't think that there was, um, you know, I don't think the sloppiness was, uh, indicative of like the way that they prepared or their plan or anything like that. I just think there were several areas where they just need to be better. Like, I just didn't think the D-line was ready to play a great football game, you know? And it just, there needs to be consistency there. Like, look, Javante Jean-Baptiste goes out there and plays with his hair fire, and he's creating pressures, and he's running all over the field. I mean, his effort, he's been Notre Dame. I mean, aside from Howard Cross, who I think has just consistently been good. Javante Jean-Baptiste has been their best lineman. And it's it's not even close. Like he's just been, in, in, even in the run game, which was seen as his, it was going to be his weakness this year. It just hasn't been. And it's an effort thing. And he plays with great effort. He plays with great urgency. Um, that's more of what they need. Like I thought, I thought the offensive line played better. I thought Rocco Spindler had a better performance. Um, obviously he had the one bad play, which is like Jamie said on the show, like he has very loud, bad plays, right? Some people miss an assignment and it just doesn't really, it looks bad on film, but as far as the game, like it just doesn't make that big a difference. Rocco Spindler had a very bad miss there. Um, Pat Coogan got called for a hold that I didn't love, um, which is, you know, unfortunate, but I thought they were pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think the coaches were, were poor in this game by any means. Um, it just you know, and and look, you could you could look at the preparation. I mean, I thought, I mean, if if uh, the previous commenter was talking about J.D. Bertrand as far as Joe Smith and being the importance that he showed uh, to defense and getting the defense lined up and getting them just like settling them in their roles, like I just didn't think. But here's the thing, Jack Kaiser, like he's a senior too; he's a fifth year senior. Like he wasn't as assignment sound as he could be or as he should be. Like that has to get cleaned up by him. I mean, again, I mean, look, he's playing a different position. And look, we've all been asking for him to play the mic. I think we saw why he doesn't play the mic. Just the instincts weren't there. Just the the triggering off of off of what you see wasn't there. So I just like that is part of what I think the value that JD Bertrand brings to the defense. And again, like they gave up 300, like they didn't give up 300 yards of offense, right? 268 yards of offense. It's not like Central Michigan was moving up and down the field all the time, right? Like they created several opportunities, cr several forced fumbles in this game, again, that they didn't recover, which is incredible. I mean, that they're listed for seven forced fumbles in the first four games, recovered zero. 
And I think, you know, like the fumble at the goal line where the, the quarterback's trying to sneak it, like could have recovered that. Or I mean, not, not that they could have or someone should have and they didn't. It's like it was available to be recovered and they just didn't get their hands on it. So um, it's just it's it's uh, it that's annoying. Right. Um, and that you'd hope that that would change. But um, so, yeah, that, that's that's what I would say. So, again, uh, vamos Iris, the, the, the staff, I think the staff was fine in this game. Didn't have a didn't have a problem. Um, let's see. Andrew says, uh, Joe Schmidt was the key to the BVG defense in 2014. He broke his ankle against Navy and the defense collapsed. Uh, okay. Got you. So we are kind of on the same page, like as far as the importance for him in team. Uh, you know, I, I would say like they didn't collapse. I would say that like, it's not collapsing. You give up 268 yards of offense just cause it looks, it doesn't look as clean. Um, just cause it doesn't look as clean. Doesn't mean it's like a total disaster. Like I would push back on that a little bit because it wasn't, um, it's so it's just like, it, it needs to, and look, maybe, maybe with an extra week, I, I think the whole defense too, will be more locked in to what Ohio state is doing. It wouldn't shock me if Notre Dame was working on things last week, specific to Ohio state that they didn't run in this game. And, you know, people were talking on the show about Notre Dame holding things back. I don't think it's holding things back. I think when you're working on things for a specific opponent, you're not going to use them against another opponent, right? So that's what I think is going on. Um, it's possible. Well, you know, Jamie and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's uh, that's that's just a, a theory of ours. So, because um, because it was so kind of sloppy and they weren't as uh they weren't as on it as they they normally are as far as you know assignments and their urgency and that sort of thing uh michael oklahoma says i don't question the defense in the cover area it's the pressure up front that is troubling the corners are that good but because quarterbacks have time to throw and they can't find open receivers um i i so the the, the actual pressure aspect of the defense is fine um they put up a graphic yesterday. Notre Dame was 14th nationally in pressure rate. And that's good. That's very good, right? And they they created pressure on uh 14 of 23 dropbacks yesterday. So that's that's doing a good job from from a pressure standpoint. And this is where like the scheme comes in, right? Like Al Golden is finding a way to create pressure with players who individually can't create pressure themselves with the way that he's calling the defense and, you know, his scheme and that sort of thing. So that's where I think they are being helped out by him from a pressure standpoint. I think they're doing a good job, but when you see it in the run game and they're not creating tackles for loss that way, that's when, um, that's when you, you, you start to like be wanting, be wanting for more. Right. Um, and maybe there's a situation where, you know, the players are getting into the backfield on runs and they're just not coming up with the tackle. Like they don't have a stat for that, but just to the eye test, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, it, it's not even the eye test. Like there's stats to say, like they're not creating tackles for loss, uh, behind the line of scrimmage on a, on a consistent basis. And that's a problem. Uh, Shannon Neely says, uh, if you were a set assigning blame for yesterday's performance, blame in quotes, 
Uh, what percentage would you assign to poor execution and what percentage would you assign to looking ahead to Ohio State? Um, hmm. I would probably assign the most blame to J.D. Bertrand not being in the game. From a linebacker standpoint, I think a good a good amount is not not necessarily looking ahead. It's just you don't have the same intensity as not even the week before. You know, like the intensity of the week before against NC State is vastly different than it is you come home to play Central Michigan. The crowd just won't have the electricity. Um and the players won't have this same amount of adrenaline as you will next week. That's just human nature. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. And you can't really even fake it either. Like it just, it needs to be there. And again, right. Like we saw some poor play and we saw some sloppy play, but it, you know, central Michigan was not a lot of bad stuff from them, you know, like, like Notre Dame created a lot of opportunities. Like we would think about this so much different. If like, if the Thomas Harper hit, he hits the quarterback and he fumbles and Notre Dame picks it up and runs for a touchdown or Jack Kaiser hits the quarterback and he throws it backwards. And there doesn't happen to be a guy standing right there to pick it up. Right. Like, so Notre Dame had just two opportunities where their players made plays that created opportunities for a turnover and it just, the ball didn't bounce to them. You know, the ball doesn't have to bounce right to the guy, right? It could bounce away. So, you know, it, maybe it was like not their sharpest performance, but I, I don't want to overstate uh, how the defense played in a negative aspect too. Like they weren't a total, total sieve back there. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Travis, uh, 88 cards, biggest concern for me heading into Ohio state in our elite games is just the insane lack of pressure we put on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is much of a problem and I expect, and I expect pressure because, um, they don't have Ohio state doesn't have the greatest tackles. They just don't. And that's one thing that they haven't seen, right? They haven't seen, they haven't seen a defense, the caliber of Notre Dame's let's just put it like that. Not even close. Right. Uh, so that look, they, they, there's things that they haven't seen too. This works both ways. Like we, we focus on Notre Dame and what they haven't seen and what, how they need to play. Ohio state hasn't seen a team like Notre Dame either. Not even close to that. Um, so it's something to, uh, it's something to, to monitor, um, on that one. Bob Duato says reasons to believe one Ben Morrison two Joe Alt three Holden stays. Those are a match of wins. I think. Um, man, if Ben Morrison is a matchup win against Marvin Harrison, you got to feel real good about Notre Dame's chances. Joe Alt, absolutely. Uh, Holden stays, you know, good football player, right? I think they need Mitchell Evans back though. He's very important to them. Um, Abel gaming says not impressed with cam Hart this year. It doesn't look very disciplined in his coverage. Let's check it out. Let's check out cam Hart in coverage. I can look this up. As usual, it is my assumption that uh, that he's a lot better in coverage than we think he is. All right, let's look here. <laughs> Teams are 3 of 11 throwing at Cam Hart, uh, which is 27%, which is terrible. It's terrible. 3 of 11 throwing at Cam Hart. 
They are four of 11 uh, throwing at Ben Morrison. Ben Morrison has given up a touchdown. Cam Hart is not. Uh, Cam Hart gave up the one 38-yard play. Uh, Cam Hart has three forced incompletions. Ben Morrison has one. Um, I do not think that ben, he is a better corner than Ben Morrison, just to be clear. I'm being a little bit cheeky there. Uh, he's given up one play this year, the 38-yard diving catch against NC State. Um, beyond that, he's been, I mean, look, 3 of 11. Notre Dame's starting corners are, are 7 of 22 this year uh, on completions against. That will work. That will work 100% of the time. I think Cam Hart's biggest problem is that he just isn't physical in the – hasn't – I shouldn't say isn't. Hasn't been physical in the run game because of his shoulder. I think you have to you have to take that into account. His He has a bad shoulder. He has a bad wing. Vamos Irish is putting chicken. You know, we're talking about chickens in the chat. For some reason, I don't know why that is. Maybe I don't want to know why that is. But we're talking about chickens in the chat. Uh, Cam Hart has a bad shoulder. And he doesn't want to bang around with that shoulder. And I understand. I totally get it, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, he, he wants to stay healthy. Like the reason he is around, he stayed for another year, is for Ohio State and USC and Clemson and a chance to uh, go to the playoffs and have a special year. He doesn't need to be killing himself against Central Michigan. He just doesn't, right? And I understand that. But if you're going to be 7 of 22 against, he's 3 of 11. They're throwing at him. You'll take it 100% of the time. If that continues this year, it's one of the better corner seasons our name's ever had. So um, it's just something to uh, something to keep in mind with him. So, something to keep in mind. Um, uh, Andrew Weirdy. I don't know how to say your name. I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm just going to show Andrew W. from now on. I'm sorry about that. Um, what did you think of the game Parker called? Felt like maybe he was holding back a bit, which led to the choppy performance offensively. Uh, again, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame was working on things specific to Ohio State that they don't they weren't going to run against uh, Central Michigan. Again, not, not necessarily holding things back. Um, it's just... They, they're working on things specific to an opponent that they weren't going to bring out. Um, you know, I'd have to go back and look like there were a few calls like just on top of mind. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I love that, but generally speaking, I thought he was fine the way that they played. I thought, I thought he was, he was fine. Um, so don't really have a problem with the way he called the game. Uh, Vamos Irish says, how nice was the Toby uh, uh, Tobias touchdown? And it was rude for Jet to show him up with his gorgeous catch. No, not rude. I mean, look, look, complimentary. That's what we'll say. Complimentary to Notre Dame. Uh, it's good. You want that. You want the over-the-top throw to uh, Tyree there. Great catch by him. Great throw by Hartman. Very good throw by Hartman. Uh, and the Toby play, like, look, it's just he's fast. He's fast getting down the sideline, and, uh, and they can hit him. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, Rajon says, how important is Mitchell Evans being available next Saturday? Extremely important. Extremely important. He is key to what they want to do. There is a reason that he plays the majority of the snaps. And um, so Notre Dame feels like he's important, you know, and it's hard for them to, 
it's hard for them to get into their 12 personnel stuff if he's not going to be available. He's their best inline blocker. Um, you know, you see, you see Holden stays on on the touchdown run that gets called back by Estimates holding. You know, it it's not that and Mitchell Evans wouldn't hold in that position, but it's just like he Mitchell Evans would be the one out there normally in that position. Uh, so he's extremely important. He's extremely important to them. Um let's see. Should Anya play more? He was more productive than Mills yesterday. Looks like let's check out how much he played yesterday. Let's check it. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Riley Mills, 38 total snaps. And where is Anya? 13 snaps. Fun fact, Jason Anya, Notre Dame's highest graded player. Um Jason Anye in 13 snaps, three tackles, one, one total pressure, one quarterback hurry, three stops, three tackles, three stops. Uh, Riley Mills, one pressure, one hurry, five tackles in 38, uh, 38 snaps. So to answer the question from Michael Kurinsky, the stats would back it up. He was more productive, and he probably should play more. So that's a good take by you, Michael. Good job by you. Uh, the stats back up your eye test. Um, very good job. Uh, Andrew says, I got the pronunciation right. Thank you. I, I, I gave several pronunciations, so I don't know which one is correct. I'm going to say Werty. Werty. Andrew Werty. That's what I'm going to say. Um, let's see. Um. <laughs> No, I'm not going to put that up here. Uh, that's bad juju. Um, uh, yeah, so CFB Hurts uh, referring to Mitchell Evans. Uh, he has the seventh highest snap count on offense behind the starting line at Hartman. Yeah, so the starting line basically plays every every snap, and uh, Hartman plays every snap or just about when the starters are in, and Mitchell Evans is behind those guys. So uh, he's high on the snaps, high on the snaps. Total snaps. Very important player for Notre Dame. Very important player. Um, let's see. Uh, Robert Hallecky. Thanks for being here, Robert. Appreciate it. Uh, I listened to another post-game pod. How dare you? No, you're always listening to ours. Take in, take in whatever content you want. Whatever content you want. Whatever makes you happy. That's good stuff. Um, I listened to another post-game pod, and they mentioned the lack of pressure in production. It was from Golden trying to show everyone how smart he is rather than scheme to his players. Thoughts? I don't I don't I don't like to this is me, okay? I don't like to say things like that because I don't know that's why he's doing something. I have no idea. I, I don't think he's I mean every every coach is quote unquote trying to show how smart they are. Like they're trying to create schemes in order that are successful, right? I mean, look, I, I don't, I just don't like, look, some of the, the pressure stuff and sack stuff is kind of explained away by, um, is kind of explained away by, you know, playing NC state and not actively trying to get at the quarterback. Okay. I, I get that like the sacks, but first of all, that plan worked. So I'm not going to bang him for that. I mean, trying to prove he's smarter than everybody. I, I don't I, I don't have any evidence of that. I don't have any like 
if someone has a source that says that, then okay, that's fine. You can go with that. I just, I don't, I don't like to say things like that. I, I don't know why that is. I mean, to me, it's like, look, if Riley Mills has played a bunch of snaps, Howard Cross has played a bunch of snaps. I, I don't think that, I don't think that the scheme that, that uh, Al Golden is playing is preventing them from being disruptive in the run game. Just win, just like win, win your matchup, you know, like, I don't think that Al Golden is the reason that, that the linebackers aren't creating a bunch of negative plays on defense in the run game, right? Like you can have tackles for loss on that one as well. Like I, I don't, I mean, look, if there are errors in the way that Al Golden is coaching, like over time that will show itself and that's fine. But I do think there's just like, they got to play better. They, they got to play better. Like Jordan Patelho has got to play better. Now, I'm not saying he's playing poorly, right? I was telling Jamie uh, yesterday, I, he was, uh, he, he's having like a Dalen Hayes type season, you know, where Dalen was a solid player. Most of the time, like in 2020, he was, he was different, but like prior to that, like Dalen Hayes is a solid player. You put him out there, he'll do his job. He's not going to be crazy flashy, but he'll do his job. And I think that's what Jordan Patelho is doing. He's not having a bad season by any means. Right. But you know, the, the, the plays do have to come eventually. You got to make plays uh, and, and you got to be a playmaker. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go banging the coaches for uh, an entire group that needs to, because look, is 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 uh Jason Onye? Is the scheme hurting him? He goes in there and makes plays. Javante Jean Baptiste, he goes in there and makes plays. Is the scheme hurting him? Right? Like you have guys who are stepping up and being playmakers. Um and so I I don't I don't want to blame scheme when it's like we have players, Notre Dame has players who are doing it, and uh and they and they have players who just need to just make more plays out there. That's all it is. I mean, look, it's not like uh, it's not like Riley Mills has been a, a, a Sheldon Day type. Like we, Notre Dame, people expected a Sheldon Day type from him, but we've never seen that. Right? That's never been the case. Howard Cross has has always been a disruptive player. Right? He's always been darting into the backfield. Can he make more disruptive plays? Yeah, probably. But I think he's been fairly disruptive. Um. But you know, like, look, Nana playing fine, not knocking anyone's socks off. Uh, Josh Burnham, he's created plays when he's been in there. He hasn't been in many snaps, but he's created some some pressure and some havoc, right? He got the unfortunate roughing penalty, which I thought was kind of cheap. Like, he, he, the player kind of gets bumped into him, and he runs into him like he's just pursuing, and he bumps into him and. And he gets banged for that. Like, I didn't love that call, especially when Sam Hartman's getting tackled by his knees when he's rolling out. I don't love that, right? Don't love to see that. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to prognosticate on, on the motivations of coaches trying to show how smart they are. He, he wants to create the best scheme possible. He wants to create the best defense possible, right? I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that front. Evaluate what the defense does, and we'll go on from there. 
You know, like is Marcus Freeman trying to show how smart he is by using these timeouts before the half all the time? Or is he just trying to put this team in the best situation to score a touchdown? Right. I, I don't like casting negative aspersions when I don't, I don't, I have no basis to believe that that's the case. And that's, that's me. Like if someone else has a, has a reason to think that has a reason to have that opinion, then that's fine. Right. Like that, then they can say it and they did say it and they can own that. And that's no problem for me. I don't have a problem with that. Just like from my opinion, I, I don't, I don't see it. And so I don't, I don't, I don't say it. I don't see it and I don't say it. Uh, but if you would like to see something from your, uh, you have a player who's a highlight tape, high school player, maybe a college player, and you want to see something from them, create a, a cinematic video, a photo, a highlight reel, or maybe you want to see your social media take a bump up in uh, in productivity, then you're going to check out VSR Media. Founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Fahid Sadrazadeh, VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or aiming to diversify your growing business, uh, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. Thank you. Um, let's see. Andrew Werty says, what was up with Colsey yesterday? Reason to be concerned? I think you and Jamie, he didn't play. So he did play. He played eight snaps. Probably at the very end, right, when I was – so I probably didn't notice him because um, I was setting up for the show at like, like three minutes left in the game. Um, so I, uh, I, I I didn't notice him in the game, but prior to that, uh, concerning for him personally, just for sure, that's not good, right? Like you don't, you want to get in the game. So there's, there's that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what that is. I didn't really see anything from him. Uh, I mean, he didn't obviously do anything against NC State. I mean, let me check the NC State snap counts now that we're just sitting here. Because that could be interesting. That could be interesting. Let me just check. See, week two, um, Notre Dame, NC State, uh, offense. Total snap counts. Okay, against NC State, he had 14 snaps, which is like more than great house. Um, they played different positions, three less than Flores. So he got about what he's been getting against NC State and then didn't get into the end in this game. Maybe just didn't have a good week of practice. Maybe there's something going on there. Um it's uh, something to monitor, though. Something to monitor. Because, look, Notre Dame's six deep at wide receiver as it is. So you don't you don't want to lose – you don't want to have a guy who's, like, not playable and you have five. Like, that's not going to work. Now, granted, they play a lot of tight ends, and that's good. But you, you, want, you want more than five, okay? Notre Dame needs to get out of this problem. They need to develop him. They, they need to get it going. 
Um, uh, discipline in the first two weeks. I think you did. So CFB Hurt says, did I see Heinish out there on the first drive? Has he rocketed up the depth chart or was I seeing things? You did see him on the first drive, I believe. Um, it's not so much that he rocketed up the depth chart. Gabe Rubio got hurt, and so he was behind him. And so it's it's his time to uh, come in and play. So that's what I would say. Jamie was not – Jamie said, you know, maybe not on the first drive hurts, but I think their second drive when they had the long one to score a touchdown. Um, I think Jamie was saying he didn't love seeing as many backups as were in the game at that point, um, especially when they got in the red zone. But um, he was in there. Um, I don't have a problem per se with um, the way that they this like rotating the D line and everything. The only thing is, is it's like you put in Heinish or anyone, no, whether it's him or any, anyone else. It's one thing. It's like, Oh, I have, I have some backup interior players and the rest are starters, but like there's, you know, Bertrand's out already. DJ Brown's not really playing, not playing at all, you know? And then you've got, and you've got Heinish out there and you've got Anya out there and you've got Snead out there and you've got Antonio Carter out there and you've got Christian Gray out there. Like suddenly, man, these are a lot of backups, a lot of backups in at once, you know? And sure. Like they, they should be able to play with central Michigan. And they did for the most part. I mean, again, less than 300 yards of offense, but like when you see some spotty stuff, it's like, just kind of look like, man, they got a lot of backups in. It's not an excuse. It's just a fact. A lot of, a lot of guys. So um, that's something to keep in mind. It's something to track. So good job by you hurts for, uh, for noticing that coach Humph says, Hey, Greg, do you or Jamie or anyone at Irish sports daily know if it is common for non-coaches with the football staff to monitor upcoming opponents, websites, or YouTube or YouTube channels in this case? Um, What do you what do you mean by that? Like monitor for what purpose? I know they would have analysts. Like I bet you, there is an analyst assigned specifically to Ohio State offense, and an analyst assigned specifically to Ohio State defense. I know that's true, but in terms of monitoring, like a a, a YouTube show similar to this one, um. Ask me why you think that might be uh, because um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what your angle is. Tell me why you might think that. And then we'll get back. Cause I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would. Unless you were thinking like maybe they could pick up some trends or something. I don't know. Um, Aaron Stack says uh, every game, there will be one wide receiver who just doesn't get, get the ball was Thomas versus NC state. Yeah. But Thomas played a bunch of snaps though. So it's one thing if like game flow dictates, you don't get the ball, like Tobias against Navy didn't really get the ball. And um, the same was true against Tennessee state, but that was a game flow thing. He was out there. Like the, the normal number of snaps he gets, he got Dion Colsey didn't get in the game till the end when it was over and all the backups were in. So um, it's uh that's something to to monitor. I mean, that's clearly a drop. If you're not playing when the game is still in doubt, that's a concern for him, and that's a concern for that room. Um, and it, 
it's better that that gets cleaned up than not. They don't have, it's not like they have a bunch of, uh, it's not like they have a bunch of options there. They don't. So, um, something to, something to consider. Um, uh, troll sniper says golden is taking a lot of criticism when the defense has been pretty good overall, definitely room for improvement, but seems like everyone's dogging him. I don't know why that would be, honestly. Like he had a really good plan against NC State. I, I was very impressed with that. Uh they had a good plan against Navy. You know, Navy, they Navy was if they man, I don't like I don't like their coaches, man. Like from a situational standpoint, their coaches gotta be better the way that Navy ended that game against Memphis. You're throwing the ball short of the sticks on fourth and whatever it was, fourth and six or something. Like, come on, man. You got to get the ball. You got to get the ball beyond the sticks. And it was after a timeout, too. That's terrible. Can't have that. But Navy, I mean, 28-24 against Memphis, right? They hung with Memphis. It's not like, you know, Navy isn't total trash, right? That's not the case. Um, so I thought, I don't know. He had a good plan against Navy. He had a good plan against NC State. I, I'm not, I don't, I mean, it's not like he needs to, he needs to, he needs to come up with a master class against Central Michigan backup quarterback. Like, I don't think that's true. Like, I, I think I, I just I, I wouldn't I, I didn't even think of it like oh Al Golden blew it in this game I just don't I don't think that's correct. Um, uh, let's see. John Cooper says one thing is as fans don't see is that the right call was made but the players didn't execute. So okay, every play, defense or offense. I mean, defense you can have plays where it's like hey that. You were very unsound against this formation with this personnel, or whatever. You can have that. But, you know, I, I just don't. It's not like, no, like there was one play, the seam, the seam route, which was uh, kind of a big play for them before half. That was a tough call given what Central Michigan ran because they were in basically three cover and they ran four verts. And that's just hard to cover. Now, Antonio Carter needs to get off the hash. I'm going to draw up that play later and kind of show like there is a way for that play to be covered. And he needs to, he needs to basically get away from the boundary and get more to the field because that's where the threat is. But um, I'll draw that up. But like stuff like that, even that, like there is a better way to play it. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think anyone should feel like super strong about Al Golden in a negative way, certainly. I don't think that's fair. Um, um, yeah, Larry Brown says, why is this conversation being held about the defense? You can't expect the opposing offense to just lay down. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak negative about the defense in that way. Uh, just, it just came up. So, you know, is what it is. I don't I don't see them as a big as a big problem. Um do 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 CFB Hertz says uh MSU played Central Michigan and held them to fewer total yards and fewer yards per play. Our defense needs to be better than that. Um yeah, that's true. I mean, look at personally, personally, I think that. I think that if Central Michigan had played Emmanuel, uh, Bert Emanuel in this game, I, I, he, he would not have played as well as this, this 
quarterback. This quarterback made some good throws that Bird Emanuel cannot make. He's a better runner for sure, but like that wasn't going to work in this game. Like that wasn't the problem. If this game was centered around, like if he had played, I'll bet you Notre Dame just crushes. And by the way, by the way, Notre Dame, that's who Notre Dame prepared for. They prepared for this quarterback. So, which isn't it like an excuse or anything? Like you, like you, you handle the Central Michigan quarterback no matter who it is. And it's not like this Bauer kid was like the great shakes or anything. But there were some things that I, I'm sure they did that Notre Dame didn't expect them to do, you know, which is, it is what it is. Again, 17 points, 268 yards of offense with Ohio State looming, just not. I just, I'm just nonplussed by the whole thing. Um, Fred Leskowski says backups need to play meaningful minutes. You need to know how they perform under real game pressure for sure. So, so here's the thing you, they do need to play meaningful minutes. Absolutely. That's no problem. But when those minutes aren't as cohesive and sharp as the minutes you would get from the starters, like you need to understand that. Right. So it can't be like, I want the backups to play. Everyone wants more Jalen Sneed. Everyone wants that. Right. But then when he plays and it doesn't look as good as when they have Bertrand and Kaiser in there, you got to understand. It's like, that's why he is not a regular player. That's why. Like, look, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's check. Okay, everyone, I don't want to say everyone, I'm overgeneralizing, I shouldn't do that. A lot of people say, we want Snead, get Marist out of there, get Bertrand out of there, get Kaiser out of there, right? We want Snead, 25 snaps in the game, okay, 25 snaps. No tackles, which is, I think, harsh to him. I think he definitely did have a tackle on that first drive. He's hanging on to the ankle. But they've got him down for one missed tackle and no other tackles. No stats, basically, other than a missed tackle. Not productive. Okay? You get in the game. You're playing the will. You're not making tackles. It's no good. Right. Like you see, you see production from other guys with the same amount of snaps. Okay. Get in there and make plays. You know, get in there and make plays. We we want these guys to play, and that's great. But then you're not, they're not make they're not producing. So it's like you got to understand that. You you want these guys, you want them in the game, then they get in the game, they don't produce. That's what it is, right? You, you you have to you have to understand. Like, there's going to be growing pains if you're playing a bunch of backups. That's that's all the whole point is. Is you can't have it both ways. You can't say the defense was bad and they were sloppy and we didn't like the tackling, but then also say, but we need to play the backups more. We need to get backups in the game. Backups from the game, and it didn't look as good. So there, there's a correlation there. Um, CFB Hurt says, what are your thoughts on our tackling? Usually bad tackling stems from non-physical fall camp to prevent injuries. But we heard all about how physical competitive fall camp was this year. It's a good point. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
the way the way you've you you become a good tackling team is you you uh you you practice it all the time and uh they have right um so i don't know i i think let's see if it becomes a problem against a real team you know i didn't i like i don't i wasn't complaining about tackling against nc state and that was the only real team they've actually played um Navy's kind of a weird opponent. I thought they tackled fine against Navy. Um, and then Tennessee State, they didn't tackle very well. And Central Michigan didn't tackle very well. So maybe there's a correlation there, right? If they're not clued in, clued in they're not jacked up for the game as 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 they would be for others, then um then then maybe that's the problem, just an intensity problem. Um do 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 do. Jalen Steve got just destroyed on a goal line. Yeah, he did. He did, right? Tough rep. It's a tough rep for him, you know? And look, when when you're getting extensive playing time, maybe for the first time at the will linebacker position and not being used to to uh, rush the passer, you're going to have tough reps. That's just how it is. You know, Jamie talks about it all the time. JOK, uh, J- Jeremiah Wusukormoa was not the same guy as a, he wasn't even playing at this point. He was hurt, not playing. He came in in 2019 and made mistakes, right? But that was his third year in the program, right? Jalen Sneed's been around for two years. Like, we do need to be patient with him, right? He obviously has the physical tools. Didn't have a defined position in high school, right? Which isn't a negative on anything. It's just a fact, right? It's going to take him a little time. He'll be fine. I think he'll be fine, Okay. Notre Dame's got good uh, Marcus Freeman's a good linebacker coach. Al Golden's a good linebacker coach. And uh, Max Bull is a good linebacker coach. It'll be fine, right? Bad rep, but that's okay. People have bad reps. Um, Pops McGee is here. Uh, His breath stinks, apparently. Whoa, where is it? Here we go. Uh, Pops just woke up. My breath stinks, but I'm here. Thank you, Pops. Go brush your teeth, though. It's fine. Um, Let's see. Um, Coach Humph says, I have a point to make for what I would expect to see from Notre Dame versus OSU based on what I saw in the NC State game as well as the 2002. Oh, I see. Uh, Coach, you could just make it. So basically, Coach Humph is saying, does he think that uh, Ohio State would pick up on something that he saw? I think you could just say it. I think Ohio State knows everything. They know all things. They know everything about uh, their tendencies and all those stuff. You could just say it in the chat. It's fine. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be using it against the football team. I'll tell you what. If Ohio State's coaches are listening to this show, then God bless it. You know? God bless them. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> um Jalen Sneed missed on a blitz in the hole, completely whiffed on a tackle. Yeah, so like, look, again, growing pains. You want him in the game, then you got to live with the mistakes. That's just it. And I don't have a problem living with the mistakes. I don't. It's it's just it's the nature of um, it's it's the nature of playing young players. They're gonna make errors, you know, and there's gonna be mistakes, and you just got to live with it. Not just on offense, but on 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 not just on defense, but on offense as well. Right. 
Um, so look, I, I think as we as we kind of wrap up the show, like I, I just think everything that we saw from Notre Dame is is look, it was all it's all leading to this point, right? The first four games we we talked about it in the preseason, like we are leading to the Ohio State game. The game sets up the the schedule sets up nice for a nice run up to Ohio State. So how about we pay it off, right? How about Notre Dame goes out there and pays it off? The way the schedule set up, the way that they were able to prepare, the way that they were able to set up the season, go pay it off then. You know, go make it happen. It's a huge game. You're at home. Who's going to be the playmakers? Are they going to be the playmakers or are you going to be the playmakers? Notre Dame needs this game. Ohio State does not think they are going to lose this game. They have no reason to believe that they will lose. They have lot, not lost to Notre Dame in recent memory for any of these players. They've played them five times since 1995, and Ohio State's won by double digits every single time. Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, they've been gearing towards this. I want to see a great performance. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. I want to see a great performance. And in like the stuff with the tackling, the stuff with the penalties needs to go away. Stop it with the penalties. Okay. Um, Larry Brown, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not overrated. I'm, I promise you that. I promise you that. He is not. I've seen him. I've watched him a lot. He is, he is remarkable. He is a remarkable player. He can catch the ball. And and uh, Quest for Greatness says, I, I, how excited are you to watch Ben Morrison versus Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, it's a huge matchup. It's a huge matchup for Ben Morrison. Marvin Harrison Jr. has done it against really good teams, and uh, hopefully he doesn't do it again. But uh, really good, really good football player. Um, CFB Hurts, I wonder about if there is going to be a lot of red in the stadium. Uh, it just seems like, you know, the fact that they sold out this last week was heartening, right? Um, the fact that there was a really nice crowd for, for, um, Tennessee state was heartening. I feel like there's, maybe there's a little bit of, maybe there's a little bit of a, kind of a, there's something, there's a vibe to this team. There's, there's a vibe to it. And, uh, and I think the fans as well uh no problem larry brown no problem if you think he's overrated um that's i'm just telling you my thoughts i don't think he is at all i think he's an excellent excellent football player and we'll see what ben morrison has for him but look it's a big game go notre dame this is your chance this is the time right go win the game okay you you, you got sam hartman you know you've got You've got an experienced defense. They're down. I don't want to say down at quarterback, but they don't have they don't have CJ Stroud right now. He's not playing at the CJ Stroud level. Maybe Kyle McCord will be a great quarterback, but he doesn't need to be a great quarterback next week. Okay. So uh we're gonna have a lot to talk about that. Um we're gonna have a lot to talk about on Irish Sports Daily, hit and hustle. I'm going to be um I'm going to be breaking down some plays. I'm going to try to come out with something on YouTube. I don't want to say it because there's like a time issue that uh, I have to deal with 
in it, what I'm thinking about is taking a lot of time, but I would say that if, if I can break down basically Notre Dame's whole offense against central Michigan and whole defense against central Michigan, I'm going to put it on YouTube, but it won't be just from a copyright standpoint. We can't do it. They'll take it down. So if we put it out for the public, so what we might do is we might, um, we might make a YouTube video available for our Irish sports daily, uh, members only just again i i wouldn't i i'd have no problem releasing it to the public but there's there's copyright issues involved that they'll just take it away from us so you're going to want to subscribe to iris sports daily if you haven't already because um, that's going to be coming out jamie and i will have our show on tuesday we'll have a show on thursday and we're doing a lot we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in prep for ohio state because this is this is one of the biggest weeks of the year so uh thank you everyone for tuning in if you like what you heard, please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. Please hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. Links to the podcast are in the description below. Have a great Sunday, everyone, and we will talk to you very soon. Keep hitting, keep hitting, and keep hustling. Talk soon, guys.